But if I'm not getting specific about the kind of culture that I'm wanting to create, then again, through just pure happenstance and accident, you start to see this veering from where ultimately you want to go or, or where you want to be. And, and so for you as, the, as a leader, you got, you got to get specific. Well, hey, welcome to this episode of the Pastors Roundtable. I am your host, Ryan Latham, and I'm super excited to share a portion of one of our coaching calls. You see, every month we hold coaching calls for youth pastors where we have guest speakers. We have a time for those in the group to talk about ministry issues and we help and support each other through that. And then we break up into two groups where we encourage each other and do life together. And today I'm going to share with you a portion of that teaching element. One of the things that's different about if you're in the group is that you get to ask our speakers live questions about the topic that we've been talking about to personalize it to your ministry context. It's a game changer. It's much different than just listening to a teaching on a podcast like today. So I'd encourage you to get more information. You can go to renewleadership.org slash network to get more information or to join. So today, get ready. Let's listen to a month's teaching from our coaching group. All right, guys, I want to introduce to you Elisha. Man, this guy has been serving youth ministry for over 15 years. Now, check this out. Be inspired because he was called into ministry at the age of 14 and uh, has been serving the Lord and pursuing that passion ever since. Uh, so youth pastors, come on, somebody is going to be called in ministry. So uh, him and his wife are next-gen pastors at Great Church in Houston and uh, are doing great. Now, one thing that uh, I love about watching him on his uh, social media is his passion for optical race courses. So uh, I think it's Spartan. Is, am I right? And, and Spartan right. is your kind yeah. of your choice. Yeah, so, that's uh, man, guys, listen up. We're going to dive into building culture. So such an important topic uh, and one that uh, you really can never keep your fingers off the pulse of culture. So you're, I think you're always building culture. So let's dive in. Uh, Elisha's man, it's all yours. Uh, we're ready to take some notes. Go away. It's all yours, man. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me be here with you guys. My um, hope is that I'm making some new friends today. Uh, before we get started, if you'll just hold up on the camera how many years you've been in youth ministry, if you can just hold up with, with hands. Okay, we got three, three, one. Come on, Tori. One. I love that. Uh, Garrett, you got 10. Andy, is that 20? Is that 20 years, Andy? Oh, you got me beat. I'm on year 17. Aaron, how, how many how many years are you in? 12? 12 years? Okay, very cool. And then Ryan, how many how many years you got on? 20? Yeah? Oh my gosh, we got some veterans in here. That's, that's amazing. Um, well, I love the way that you said it, Ryan. Uh, culture, creating culture is something you can never uh, take your foot off the gas with. And um, so whether you're 20 years in or like Tori, you're one year in, um, I think there is value um, when when it comes to this, you know, specific area of, of the ministry that you're leading. And <clears throat> I'll say this, um, no matter what you're pursuing or what you're given charge and, and lead 
leadership of in life, um, you are constantly creating culture um, anytime you're, uh, you're, you're at the helm. In fact, I, I'd say it this way, culture is being created um, two ways, either accidentally or on purpose. And, and so I, I would ask you the question today with the ministry that you've been given charge of, the, the youth ministry specifically, how are you doing at creating that culture? Uh, how are you doing at, at even focusing on creating culture? I think that a lot of times, you know, we, we pursue, um, you know, new programming, um, different organizational um, systems, uh, adopting new leadership models, and, and we kind of just Frankenstein this thing until we arrive at a place where we go, hmm, yeah, that looks pretty good. Instead of thinking backwards and going, what is it that um, that really is in our heart to do? and then and then creating the culture that that will uphold that. And um, about five, maybe seven years ago, I had um, a friend of mine, and he was talking about culture within their youth ministry and it and it became a a really convicting thought for me. and and this was something that you would have thought that I would have picked up earlier in youth ministry, but um, this was right around year twelve for me. and um, and he he began talking about the culture he was creating within their youth ministry and all of the vernacular, all of the words that he was using went back actually to the heart and the vision of the church. And so what I want to talk about is creating culture. Yes, but more specifically, um, the culture that comes from the heart, the mission of, of your church. In fact, let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, when it comes to the vision, the culture of your youth ministry, um, how, how um, closely does it align with the heart, the mission, the vision of your church? Is it is the culture of your youth ministry something that you have siloed or or maybe kind of partitioned that is separate or or divisive of the house, or is it something that aligns um, right alongside there with the church? Um, I think the strongest youth ministry culture is um, when you find an expression of what the culture is of the house that you serve in. Um, to make it more biblically, when you said yes to becoming the youth pastor of your church, you said yes to serving under the, the, the spiritual leadership of the senior pastor, which means by um, just affect that his heart, his mission, um, his, his, the, the culture that he's setting for the church, that, that we as youth pastors should come right alongside that, right underneath that, and find an expression within the youth department of what the church is heart is, their mission is. And that's the culture that I want to focus on building. So while the church's expression may look different than mine, I got to make sure that um, our heart, our mission aligns right alongside that of the church. And, and like I said, when, when, when I got this about five, seven years ago, to me, it was such a light bulb because it was, I was over here trying to build my own thing. And um, what I know now is one, that, that's not even smart. Two, I can build so much relational equity and favor with the senior pastor when, when I come alongside that. But three, it's just biblically correct, right? Um, so it's not about what is the culture, what is my culture that I'm build, building for the ministry that I lead, but rather what is the expression of the department that I've been given charge of, the ministry that I've been given charge of? What's the expression for the youth ministry? Um, with the church's heart mission. I mean, you can phrase it a lot of different ways, but the culture 
of the youth ministry that you and I are building should align with the heart of the church. So I'll ask it to you that way. The culture that you're building within the youth ministry that you're leading, how closely does it align with the heart of the church? Now, this isn't to throw stones or cast judgment or like I was literally doing it wrong for those 10, 12 years. And and I had to have a, a little bit of a, a come to Jesus with myself and just go, Lord, correct this in me. And, and it forced me to tear some things down that, frankly, were good um, and, and to re, realign with the, the church's heart and, and make it more that way. So, for instance, here at Grace, um, our mission is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So if I'm doing anything that is counter to that, I've got to come right back to the center. And, and what that does for me is it, it gives me a bullseye, gives me a target to aim at, gives me um, a focal point so that when um, new leaders come on or as I hire more staff or I see kind of the new shiny thing in youth ministry, if it doesn't align with leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, then I got to go, you know what? That's great for another house. But here in this youth ministry, we're going to find the expression of what it means to lead people, and specifically for us, lead students in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll ask you another question. If your pastor were to walk into one of your services, um, maybe a camp that you're doing, some outside event, um, if your pastor were to walk into that, would he go, yeah, this youth ministry is an expression of what the church's heart, like the culture of this youth ministry is an expression of what the heart of our church is. Um, your leaders, would, would they describe it that way? Um, some of your leaders have been with you from the get. You know, some leaders are, are maybe newer to, uh, to the youth ministry. Um, what would they say the culture of your youth ministry is? Um, would, would, would they use words or vernacular or um, ideas that actually connect to the whole of the church or would it be, again, some Frankenstein, Frankenstein partitioned um, idea of, of maybe something that, that you feel like you're creating? Um, now, I would say just statistically by the leaders that are on this call, there may be a, a couple of us that, um, even as I'm saying this, feel a little um, maybe like toes stepped on, like, no, God's put this, this thing in me, and I, I got to go create the thing that he put in me. And um, I think that a lot of times God gives us dreams, right? Um, but those dreams should always align with the people, the house specifically, or the leadership that we're serving under. God very seldomly calls us to a place not to serve under the leadership that we're a part of, right? Even David served under Saul, right? And, and um, came under the leadership at that point. And so um, I, I think that a lot of times the, the, the strongest culture in our youth ministries that we could be tapping into doesn't come from our own heart or our own brain, right? It comes from an expression that's already established in the house and how that makes its way into our youth ministries. And we should always, as youth pastors, as leaders of these ministries, we should fight to align um, with the vision of the house. And so um, a couple of ways that, that you can do this, that we do this, um, and, um, and you can just write these down. The first thing is, I would say, be specific. So as you're fighting to create culture within your youth ministry, you got to be absolutely specific. Think about every strong brand that you know, Apple, Nike, Starbucks, McDonald's, um, Airbnb, every strong brand 
is very specific about even the culture of their brand, right? The, the images they use, the, the words that they speak, um, what they're giving their, uh, their time, their attention, their resource to. So in the culture that you are wanting to create or wanting to set in your youth ministry, you've got to be so specific to um, said culture that, that's needing to be created. Because if you're not, as we said in the beginning, culture is being created, whether accidentally or purposefully, um, when you're not being specific, you're creating a culture and uh, uh, through accident, something's being formed, something's being shaped. But when I get specific about it, we're going to do this. We're going to talk like that. These are the words that we're going to use. Here's what I'm going to spend my money on. Here's how I'm going to develop our leaders. Um, here's what we are going to do. And here's what we're not going to do. And in fact, I think that sometimes the, the specificity, being able to say no to all of this stuff uh, gives a stronger yes to the culture that I'm wanting to build. So in your own youth ministries, within the church and the house that you serve in, um, and finding the expression within the youth ministry, you got to be really specific, which requires a lot of headwork. Um, some of us on this call, maybe we're bent towards strategy, right? Like you're a strategist, you, you see the pieces, then and you've got a system and a, uh, an Excel spreadsheet for everything that you do, right? Some of you are geared that way. Others are more just like shoot from the hip. We're just going to go, we're just going to try this. But what I found is um, that there's room for both. But if I'm not getting specific about the kind of culture that I'm wanting to create, then again, through just pure happenstance and accident, you start to see this veering from where ultimately you want to go or, or where you want to be. And, and so for you as, the, as a leader, you got, you got to get specific when it comes to planning out your calendar. Here are the events, right? When it comes to your services, here are the things that we want to implement and do. When it comes to the, the teaching and the training of your leaders and your volunteers, here's how we're going to do it. Um, when it even comes to the student leadership side of things, like here's what we're going to put our, our money in and what we believe in. Um, you got to get really, really specific about creating that culture. Um, the next thing that you got to do is you got to be strategic, right? Um, one of our exec pastors says this all the time, but he says, everybody ends up somewhere. Few people end up somewhere on purpose. So if you're not naturally bent towards strategy, have some people around you. If you're a big picture, a visionary leader, great, be that, but then have some people that can come around you and go, here's some ideas of how we could get there. Now, some, some practicals of, of what I use you know, strategically is once we develop um, the goal, right, the, the place that we want to be, um, what we believe that we're aiming for, um, some, some practical things that we put in place we do a 30, 60, 90 day goal, right? So the whole team comes around and, and, and we, we line out, here's what we're gonna accomplish in the next 30 days, here's what we're gonna accomplish in the next 60, and here's what we're gonna do in the, in the 90. So I've always got, yes, here's what I wanna accomplish in 2022, but when I, when I start to get strategic, I have to, I have to start to boil it down or distill it down to bite-size uh, attainable things. What can I accomplish this week? What can we accomplish this month? What can we accomplish in, in this semester, right? 
And, and your team needs to see that. Some of you, you might have a, a staff that, that you, you lead through. Others of you might um, have volunteers, you know, that, that you're facilitating ministry through. Um, the, the fewer staff members that you have, the more strategic I believe that you got to get. Because what you're dealing with are people that have nine to fives and they've got families and they've got um, extracurriculars and they, right? So when I start to get strategic and I show them, here's how we're moving the pieces, it allows people to come on board to this big visionary culture, you know, um, uh, redirect, right? When I start to hand them strategic pieces, it's like a battlefield, right? When, when I move the bishop, the bishop knows how to move. When I move the pawn, the pawn knows how it's going to move. And so for you as the leader, getting strategic about creating that culture allows all the pieces on the board, no matter the player, to move to accomplish the goal, right? And, and I think that all of us would say um, we want to create a strong culture. I think that all of us would say we want to create an infectious culture. All of us want to create a, a culture that people want to be a part of. It's going to require strategy. You know, Nike is no dummy when they spend hundreds of millions of dollars on their marketing campaigns, right? It, it was it was strategic when, um, man, what was the what was the player from the 49ers? He had the fro, uh, took a knee, and they adopted him as like their their banner boy for a bit. Um, his name escapes me, but Kaepernick. You know, Kaepernick. Thank you, Ryan. Um, Nike was strategic. They knew what they were doing when they made Kaepernick a face of something you know, that they were doing ad campaign wise. And, and I think that um, we got to be, we got to be doing the same thing. You know, we got to be strategic, which requires work ahead of time, right? Before the thing comes. The other thing that strategy allows you to do is when, when I've got a clear path moving forward, this culture, it also allows me to respond, not just before, but also in the moment, right? So, um, sometimes things will take place in your youth ministry, in your church. Um, and when I'm driving culture, so think about it this way, when I'm driving culture and I come back from camp and every student is spiritually charged, and I know that the culture that I'm wanting to create within the youth ministry is, um, let me just pull some examples, right? If the culture of your house is we raise up leaders and worshipers, I'm just making something up. Then I know coming off of camp, I got a bunch of spiritually charged students. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm now, I'm going to create a, a nine-week discipleship class, right? That, that then takes all of these spiritually charged students, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heavily disciple them. I'm going to teach them and train them. Um, I'm going to grow up some new leaders, right? Um, the other thing that I'm going to do is because they're spiritually charged, our worship has been a bit anemic in our services. But now everybody's spiritually charged. So to, to create a culture of worship, I'm actually going to maybe do some extended worship moments in my services, or I'm going to create some, some one-off worship experiences. And so when I'm strategic, it allows me not just to respond before, but even in the moment, right? I'm always thinking, I'm always angling, I'm always going, how does this get leveraged for the culture that I want to build? Um, even in tragedy, even in moments of tragedy, like um, it was um, senior pastor from Saddleback. I'm terrible with names. Somebody help me. Saddleback Church. Before. Ryan, you're two for two, bro. Uh, he, he came in and he did something when our city rolled through um, Hurricane Harvey. 
he pulled like a hundred pastors together and he gave us this talk about never wasting tragedy. Um, and it stuck with me over the years that, that even the hard stuff, even the, even the, um, the, the, the circumstances that you feel like are, um, of, of the devil, right? The things that, that have come to destroy you when, when you're focused on creating a culture and you're bent on the strategy, even the tragedies, when you get strategic, you can use to build within the youth ministry a specific culture, right? When you rally students around somebody who's hurting, um, a tragedy that's going on in, in your city, something that's happening nationwide, um, when I've got a strategy and a specific culture, I can use anything and everything, but it takes some strategy. It takes some thought. And, and again, if you're not naturally bent towards strategy, um, have have two or three or four people that really get the heart of what you're doing come around you that that can speak into things. Um, and sometimes strategy doesn't come just one great idea after another. I, I've, I've we we've got a Instagram thread with our um, with our youth staff, and anything that's inspirational for where we're going, every video, uh, every sermon clip, every stupid game. Every um, influencer, uh, outlandish, like everything just goes into this thread. And so what we're doing is we're constantly ideating for strategy. So I, I would even say if, if that's not a part of um, what you're doing behind the scenes, um, ideate so that you can be strategic. Strategy comes from ideas. It doesn't just come from the, the main person going, here's what we're going to do. And you do this and you do that. Get really comfortable playing with ideas. At some point, we, we like left the sandbox and we, we left the, um, the, the, the elementary school desk with the Play-Doh. Like at some point in leadership, like we, we left that and it became about really militant, calculated um, movements forward. And, and, and I think that um, some of the best strategy comes when we just get back in the sandbox uh, as as leaders, and we just ideate and we play with some things, so that when we come out the other side of it, we've got strong, new, creative strategies of how we're creating culture. Don't let your strategy be a regurgitation of some other ministry's idea. Like the there is a reason that you're leading where you're leading. There's something unique that God's put in you to lead the students that you're leading. Use that. Lean into that. Let this strategy, again, what we talked about was there will be a different expression of the heart of your church through your youth ministry. So this is where you get to really get your hands in the mix, right? Um, so figure out when it comes to strategy, um, how you're ideating, the voices that you're bringing around you, um, but be, be really strategic. Um, so I talked about the 30, 60, 90 days. The other thing that, that we implement is evaluation and implementation. So everything that we do gets evaluated and who gets to evaluate it is kind of a, a, a tighter net circle. But for instance, every Wednesday night service, we run a, a midweek service. After every Wednesday night service, the staff comes together with our, uh, our practicum, our college practicum students and our interns. So call it 15 of us are in a room after every Wednesday and Sunday service. And we go, um, share a win. We want everybody to, to articulate something that they saw God doing or something that uh, the ministry excelled at. 
And then everybody comes with an improvement and an, an area where we can evaluate and then implement. So for you, when you're creating culture, you got to constantly be evaluating and implementing, evaluating and implementing. Um, think of it like a, uh, like a, a flight that takes off from Dallas and it's going to Orlando, right? Um, every pilot, when they get in the cockpit, they know that there are coordinates that they set and they go, but they're having to constantly readjust the whole way. In fact, uh, we just had a guest speaker here this past Sunday, and he said that he asked the pilots that were flying them um, how often it was that the flight was directly um, on course to its destination. And the pilot said that 99% of the time, the plane was not um, precisely correct uh, towards its destination, that they were always having to dial in and recorrect. And, and I think that that's where that evaluation and implementation comes. When you're creating culture in your ministries, um, it, it tends to kind of veer left and right, which is why you got to be specific and, and why you got to be strategic. When it starts to go left and it starts to go right, you go, no, 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 we got to come back this way. Yes, this was fun. And yes, this was shiny, but, but it's not where we're headed. Um, yes, that sounds like a good idea. And, and yes, we might see some results from that, but, but come back this way. We, we got to keep heading towards uh, you know, our, our destination. And so that evaluation and implementation is a, um, it's a, it's a mechanism for accountability, really. Because now everybody on the team is responsible to look at the thing and go, are we heading where we're supposed to be heading? If you are a sole pilot, um, if you've got no co-pilot, if you've got no co-pilots, then um, unfortunately, um, even as the leader, we, we don't always have um, maybe best intent in mind. I mean, nobody's going to wear it like we wear it. Nobody's going to see it like we see it. But our job should be as many people as we can um, to see it like we do, uh, help us prop it up, right, and, and move it forward. But if you're the only person that knows where you're going, that's pretty dangerous. You got to get some people around you that see it, that feel it, that, like it's, it's in them. Other people that would, that would die for, for what you're doing as well. Um, don't be the sole proprietor of, of the culture of, of your youth ministry. Grab some, grab some brand ambassadors. I mean, people do this like crazy, right? People that just, they, they, they talk the brand, they, they wear the brand, they're, they're excited about, about the brand. Do that for the culture of your youth ministry. Find some other adult leaders, definitely your staff members. Find some student leaders as well that just, they go this right here. This is what it's about. This is what we're doing. This is where we're headed. Um, and I promise you, it, it will take life and shape a whole lot quicker than if it's you and you alone beating the drum. I heard a leadership talk not too long ago about um, the power of the first follower. And you guys may have seen this video on YouTube, but it's this guy and it, uh, he's kind of just in a, in a public place. Um, and it's a bunch of people that have like blankets and like grabbing lunch. It's kind of like a, like a public park almost. And there's this one skinny guy and he just starts dancing. There's no music. He just starts dancing and he's dancing by himself for like a minute. And everybody's just kind of looking at him. And it's weird almost like, is he on something? Right. But then there comes this, this second person and he starts dancing and 
and after the second guy comes, uh, we see a third, and and then we see like a fourth, fifth, sixth, and we then we see you know, 15, 20. And, and by the time this video is, is done, I mean, you got like 50 people dancing. And, and while the leader had to start something, really the power came in, in the first follower, the second person who actually jumped on board to what was happening. And for some of you, the biggest thing that you may take away from this talk here and now in setting culture is finding who the first follower is. Um, you're out there dancing by yourself and everybody's kind of looking at you like, what are you trying to do right now? What you got to go and do is find the first follower, somebody who will just unashamedly dance right beside you as crazy as you're dancing. And, and then you'll start to see, you know, the other students, the other leaders, other pastors, the church as a whole, right? Start to dance. And, um, and so that comes through that, I, I know I'm getting kind of conceptual and, and, and then practical, but a lot of that comes through that evaluation, implementation, and bringing people alongside to be a part of it. So you got to be, be specific, be strategic. And then number three, be relentless. Be relentless. Uh, Bill Heibel says it this way. He says, vision leaks. I would say it this way, culture strays, right? Um, they, they say that every... Um, every 21 days, you have to recast vision. Fortune 500 CEOs, they know this, that um, every 21 days, you got to be recasting vision because vision leaks. People should know your culture so well that they're just tired of hearing it. Um, and when they get tired of hearing it, then they're finally starting to initially get it, right? So the language that you use, use it all the time, use the same language over and over, preach it, say it, teach it, post it, like everything, just breathe it constantly. Be relentless with the culture that you're wanting to create because anything counter to that, right? It's culture is either being created um, on accident or it's, it's being created on purpose. So when you're being relentless with your leaders, um, with, with how you preach, with how you're raising up new volunteers, in fact, I just had a conversation with one of our kids pastors and she said this, she said, um, you know, I'm, I'm really having fun um, with, with my team and I feel like we're doing a good job. And, you know, I've, I've really started to implement some really great things with, with my team. And she used my about four or five times in the conversation. And I stopped her. I said, no, 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 it's not, it's not your team. It's our team. And so one of the, one of the cultural values that we have, you know, within here at Grace is, Nobody owns anyone or anything. This is a team effort. So it's not your team. It's, it's our team. Don't, don't use the word my, use the word we. And so when you start to correct even the language that people use, and it doesn't have to be in like a, a confrontational way, but what that does is it both, both consciously and subconsciously reaffirms the culture that you're trying to create from from people who have bad cultures or big, um, big, strong, wrong cultures, which are different. A bad culture is something that opposes the culture of your church. Uh, a, a wrong culture may be great heart, but it's not the direction that we're moving. So if you have a bad culture or a wrong culture, it might take a little bit of retraining. And, and so I just want to encourage you, be relentless. Be okay to be the person that comes in and, and corrects language, corrects behavior, 
reinforces, reaffirms, rewards, um, corrects uh, behavior because eventually the culture will start to take, but it's going to it's going to require some retraining on your part, and that's going to require some relentlessness. You know where um, where you're at the forefront of of making sure that that people they they know it and they understand it, but they also carry it out and they're living it. Um, there have been moments and times where I've had to take some leaders aside and go, I know that's how we used to do it. And for a time that was okay. And that worked, but that's not where we're headed anymore. That's not what we're doing. And so what I, I need you to do is I need you to do it like this. Um, right now we're actually, we're working some of this with our small groups. Um, the, the culture in the past was the bigger my small group, the better. Well, small groups were designed to be exactly that small groups so if you have 40 students in in your small group you know great job on you for building a youth group but that's not what we're building i need groups of 10 to 15 and if they get bigger we're going to multiply that's the new culture that's that's what we're building because we can't effectively disciple 40 students with two leaders i need two leaders with 10 to 15 students what we're building is relationships what you're building is a party and I'm all for a party. Nobody loves a party more than I do. The party is for Wednesday. The party is for Sundays. Small groups are supposed to be this. So when you're being relentless, it's not about um, it's not about confrontation in the sense of uh, you know you're trying to tear people down or strong arm people. You're having to retrain. You're having to shift people's minds and hearts towards the vision, the heart of the house, and the culture that you're wanting to create. So if you're somebody that isn't, you know, relentless, you're, you're, you're maybe more of a, I don't know, like a seven on the Enneagram as opposed to a, a one, a three or an eight, right? If, if you're not a high achiever, if, if you're somebody that's geared more towards, let's all just kind of get a, around a campfire and figure out where we're going and like, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you're going to find that you're going to build a culture that's also going to look like that. And um, so you got to be relentless with it. and. Um, and have some people that are also on your team that are going to be with you um, towards that relentless pursuit of the culture that you're wanting to create. Um, so just some things that, that um, I could share with you as, as far as the culture here um, within our youth groups and things that we, we really set our, our, our hands to um, when it comes to, to, to building a, a specific culture. Um, we're high on student involvement. Um, training them up, teaching them, involving them, putting the ministry in their hands. Um, I've got students everywhere from volunteering, um, you know, high-fiving and greeting on the, on the door in, um, all the way up to students that, that preach, um, you know, regularly four times a year for us. And so um, when it comes to building a culture, we're, we're building people up, right, back to leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want to just teach them how to take notes in a seat. I want to teach them how to how to serve in the church. I want to teach them how to lead uh, a team and in the pulpit. Like we're building leaders here, okay? And so, I, I, if I want to build a leader, I got to activate a person. Um, uh, who is it? Greg Greg Rochelle. Craig Rochelle says, if you want to build um, workers, delegate tasks. If you want to build leaders, delegate responsibility. And so, we'll put responsibility in the hands of teenagers all the time with a whole lot of oversight, but 
but we still give them opportunity. So um, student involvement, building those students in, in leadership and um, developing them and, and their giftings is, is a high, high level of, um, of cultural focus here. Um, I, I mentioned this earlier, but a culture of worship, prayer and worship, these two things are, are, are like building blocks, foundational for us. In fact, right now we're, we're activating an increased layer of what it means not just to pray for students, but what does it look like for students to pray for themselves and, and one another? So this last week, um, I taught on the Lord's Prayer um, and uh, just broke down you know, what Jesus was teaching us in that. And then after I was done, I said, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to spend some time praying for one another. So I want everybody to get in a group of three or four. And, and we gave everybody a, a card, um, said, I want you to write down the names of everybody in that group, what you're praying for. And so what we're going to do for the next 10 minutes is everybody's going to go around and we're going to pray for everybody here. And then for the next week, you're going to take that card and every day you're going to pray over those people. And so what I'm doing is not just um, conceptualizing this idea. I'm, I'm, I'm being strategic and I'm being specific and I'm giving people the opportunity to exercise. So prayer and worship is a culture that I want to create. I got to give handles to that, right? We got to mobilize people for that. So the, the same for you. Um, so prayer and worship. Uh, parent involvement and resource. This is a big part of our culture as well. Um, there for a while, youth ministry was just about the student for us. And, and we had to step back and go, we're not in student ministry, we're in family ministry. So we need to be doing things for parents. And so now what we do is we offer a, a once a quarter parent resource night. Um, every month, we're sending out some resource via email um, some video content or, or book that we're recommending. And so um, we've had to kind of rewrite some things there. And so I could go down the list, you know, outreach is a big part of our, 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 uh, our culture here, um, lending a hand to the city, as well as creating events where students can come in and, and reach the unreached. And, but all of this was birthed from, from knowing what the heart of the house was and then figuring out what the expression through the youth ministry needed to be. And all along the way, I'd come back to our exec pastor and our senior pastor, and I go, this, is this a line? Does this work? Does, is, are you on board with this? And I don't know if this was a blessing or a curse, but I actually had our senior pastor and our exec pastor's kids, so four kids, they were in our youth ministry. So you better believe eyes were on what we were doing. For the last five years I've been here, eyes on everything. Um, so when I say that it garners favor from your senior pastor to adopt the heart of the house and find your expression and make that your culture, I'm telling you the truth because I, not only did we have their kids or not only was, not only were we employed here to, to keep charge over the youth department, but now we're, we're building in their kids the vision and the heart of the church that they lead. So um, I guess let that be a, a help to you. If, if you're not sure what the vision or the heart is from your senior leader, take them out to lunch, have coffee with them. Some senior leaders are better at articulating that than others. Some people, some of your senior leaders may come back and go, uh, I don't know, do whatever you want. Then you as the youth pastor may need to dig a little bit and go, okay, here are the things that we value as a church. 
Here's the things that we focus on. I'm going to start to breed that into our youth ministry, and, and I'm going to go after that. You know, not everybody has a, a pretty one-liner or a bunch of, you know, practical strategic steps from, from the church, you know, handed to you. Some, some churches do. But if you don't, um, if that's not there or present, have a conversation with your senior pastor, your senior leader. Um, if, if they can't give language to it, you put language to it and then find the expression within your youth ministry. But um, my biggest challenge to you when creating culture, don't do something that you want to do. Do something that God's establishing and then find the expression of that in y'all's youth ministries. I promise your youth ministry will be stronger for it and your church will be stronger as a result of it. I hope you enjoyed listening in on our coaching call. Again, that's just a portion of what we do during our coaching calls. We have guest speakers where you get to interact in real time, ask real questions about your ministry context. We get to interact as a group and help each other in our ministries and also break up into groups where you get to have personal connection with a smaller group where you get to encouragement and uh, do life together. I want to encourage you to take a look at it. Go to renewleadership.org slash network to get more information and to join a group. Well, we're going to be bringing you more episodes. So take a look wherever you're subscribed for the podcast. I can't wait to bring you another episode here soon.